0: You're listening to Enchanted, a podcast on the history of magic, sorcery, and witchcraft. I'm Corinne Wieben. Imagine you're standing at a crossroads in the countryside next to a low stone wall. Twilight has fallen. And amid the sound of wind whispering through the branches of nearby trees, you hear the barking of dogs in the distance. You close your eyes and think to yourself, now this is the perfect spot for a love spell. At least you would if you were in ancient Greece. Walls, crossroads, and twilight, places that mark borders and in-between times, are sacred along with dogs to the goddess Hecate. Most often associated with magic, poisonous plants, and the underworld, Hecate may seem a strange goddess for someone casting a love spell to invoke. Aphrodite, goddess of love and beauty, or Hera, goddess of marriage, might seem like better candidates. But not all love spells are benign. If the object of your affections is in love with someone else, you may need a little extra help. That is where Hecate comes in. Though they had a goddess who oversaw magical workings, ancient Greek writers often denigrated foreign practices as magic or superstition, but elevated their own practices under the banners of science, philosophy, and religion. The use of herbs, the Greek word is pharmakeia, or incantations, epoidos, could be considered medicine, if beneficial, or sorcery, if harmful. One invariably harmful magical practice was the making and use of katadesmoi, curse tablets. These often involved binding their subjects or casting harmful intent on them, using words inscribed on metal tablets, often lead. These tablets would then be buried with those who had suffered an untimely death. According to ancient Greek belief, those who died young, tragically, or violently were more likely to become restless spirits, called Lemures, that haunted the earth. Violent deaths in particular attracted the attention of the Keres, goddesses of violent death who were thought to be the daughters of Nox, goddess of the night, and the sisters of Hypnos, sleep, Thanatos, death, and Erebus, darkness. The belief in the connection between these goddesses and Lemures meant that leaving these cursed tablets with those who suffered untimely ends might inspire either the spirits themselves or the goddesses they attended to bring about the curse. These curse tablets first appeared in Greece around the beginning of the Classical period in the 5th century BCE. This corresponds with increasing interaction with the Eastern world, especially the Achaemenid Persian Empire and Mesopotamian understandings of the dead as powerful and potentially harmful spirits. While many people utilized curse tablets, ancient Greek culture strongly associated the use of magic with women, especially where matters of the heart were concerned. When women in love used magic to curse their rivals, they called not on the goddesses of love and marriage, but of magic. For example... One curse tablet from ancient Greece attempted to interrupt a relationship between two lovers, Theodora and Carius. The maker attempted to bind Theodora's attempt to attract lovers and Carius' desire for her. The tablet was deposited in a grave after being inscribed with words asking that Theodora's power over Carius be as dead as the grave's inhabitant and binding Theodora in the presence of Hecate. had a daughter, Hecate, who surpassed her father in boldness and lawlessness. She was also fond of hunting, and when she had no luck, she would turn her arrows upon human beings instead of the beasts. Being likewise ingenious in the mixing of deadly poisons, she discovered the drug called aconite. She first of all poisoned her father and so succeeded to the throne. And then, founding a temple of Artemis and commanding that strangers who landed there should be sacrificed to the goddess, she became known far and wide for her cruelty. After this, she married Aetes and bore two daughters, Circe and Medea. Notwithstanding that Circe was taught by her mother Hecate, she discovered more by her own study so that she left to the other woman no superiority whatever in the matter of devising uses of drugs. First, she poisoned her husband, and after that, succeeding to the throne, she committed many cruel and violent acts against her subjects. For this reason, she was deposed from her throne, and according to some writers of myths, fled to the ocean, where she seized a desert island, and there established herself with the women who had fled with her. Concerning Medea, from her mother and sister she learned all the powers which drugs possess, but her purpose in using them was exactly the opposite, for she made a practice of rescuing from their perils the strangers who came to their shores. With this account, the 1st century BCE writer Diodorus Siculus describes the lineage of three ancient Greek goddesses of magic, Hecate and her daughters Circe and Medea While ancient Greek writers disagreed about Hecate's parentage she is always depicted as the daughter or granddaughter of titans Hesiod writing in the 8th century BCE took a moment in his poem about the Greek gods the Theogony to give Hecate special praise
1: and she conceived and bore Hecate whom Zeus the son of Cronos, honored above all. He gave her splendid gifts to have a share of the earth and the unfruitful sea. She received honor also in starry heaven and is honored exceedingly by the deathless gods. For to this day, whenever any one of men on earth offers rich sacrifices and prays for favor according to custom, he calls upon Hecate. Great honor comes full easily to him whose prayers the goddess receives favorably, and she bestows wealth upon him. For the power surely is with her. For as many as were born of earth and ocean amongst all these, she has her due portion. The son of Kronos did her no wrong, nor took anything away of all that was her portion among the former Titan gods. But she holds, as the division was at the first from the beginning, privilege both in earth and in heaven and in sea. Also, because she is an only child, the goddess receives not less honor, but much more still, for Zeus honors her.
0: This praise of Hecate was difficult for some Greek authors. As a goddess of magic and of liminal times and places, many Greek writers expressed distrust of this goddess and the power she granted, especially to women. In much of Greek literature, Hecate's daughters, Circe and Medea, didn't fare any better. Homer's Odyssey, the epic poem from the 8th century BCE featuring Odysseus's decade-long return home from the Trojan War, features Hecate's daughter Circe as a pivotal character. According to the Odyssey, Circe uses her powers as a sorceress to seduce men, transform them into beasts, and tame them to keep as her pets.
2: Presently, they reached the gates of the goddess's house, and as they stood there, they could hear Circe within, singing most beautifully as she worked at her loom, making a web so fine, so soft, and of such dazzling colors, as no one but a goddess could weave. They called her, and she came down, unfastened the door and bade them enter. They, thinking no evil, followed her. When she had got them into her house, she set them upon benches and seats and mixed them a mess with cheese, honey, meal and pramnian wine. But she drugged it with wicked poisons to make them forget their homes. And when they had drunk, she turned them into pigs by a stroke of her wand, shut them up in her pigsties they were like pigs, but their senses were the same as before, and they remembered everything.
0: On the way to rescue his men, Odysseus is met by the god Hermes, who offers help against Circe's magic.
2: When Circe strikes you with her wand, draw your sword and spring upon her as though you were going to kill her. She will then be frightened and will desire you to go to bed with her. On this, you must not point-blank refuse her, for you want her to set your companions free, and to take good care also of yourself. But you must make her swear solemnly by all the blessed gods that she will plot no further mischief against you, or else when she has got you naked, she will unman you and make you fit for nothing.
0: Circe's true danger is that she represents a threat not just to Odysseus's humanity, but to his masculinity. Hermes warns Odysseus that, should he refuse Circe, she will unman you and make you fit for nothing. This is the power of these goddesses. No wonder they inspired fear as well as adoration. If ancient Greek drama is any indication, the 5th century BCE saw a growing concern with women's use of magic. We can see this most clearly in the ancient Greek playwright Euripides' treatment of feminine magic in his play featuring Hecate's other daughter, Medea. After Medea aids Jason and the Argonauts on their quest for the Golden Fleece, Jason marries her. They have two sons together and live happily ever after. That is, until Jason decides to abandon Medea in order to marry a younger woman, Glauca, Princess of Corinth. According to Euripides, Medea uses her knowledge of herbs and potions to poison a dress and a golden crown, which she sends to Glauca as gifts. When Glauca's father, King Creon, tries to save his daughter, both are poisoned and die. Not finished with her revenge on Jason, Medea murders their two sons. Helios, god of the sun, then sends her a chariot pulled by dragons. When Jason finally enters the chamber, he finds Medea piloting the divine chariot with the bodies of their two sons inside.
3: Thou living hate, thou wife in every age abhorred, blood-red mother who didst kill my sons and make me as the dead and still canst take the sunshine to thine eyes and smell the green earth Wreaking from my den of hell, I curse thee! Now all mine eyes can see that then were blinded when from savagery of eastern chambers, from a cruel land to Greece, and home I gathered in my hand, thee, thou incarnate curse! What that betrayed her home, her father, her... O oh God hath laid thy sins on me! Then a wife I made her in my house! She bore to life children, and now for love, for chapering in men's arms, she has murdered them. A thing not one of all the mates of Greece, not one, hath dreamed of. Whom I spurned, and for mine own chose thee, a bride of hate to me and death, tigress, not woman, beast of wilder breath than Scylla shrieking o'er the Tuscan sea. Enough.
0: Jason has a point when he says that Medea's crimes are a thing not one of all the maids of Greece had dreamed of. Medea herself rejects her role as a mere woman and describes her actions as the kind of vengeance that a man or a goddess should take. An easy answer had I to this swell of speech. But Zeus our father knoweth well All I for thee have wrought And thou for me So let it rest This thing was not to be That thou shouldst live a merry life My bed forgotten and my heart uncomforted Thou nor thy princess Nor the king that planned thy marriage Drive Medea from his land and suffer not Call me what thing thou please Tigris or Scylla from the Tuscan seas My claws have gripped thine heart, and all things shine. By the classical period, women's use of magical herbs, potions, and poisons, all falling under the label of pharmakeia, had become suspect. Euripides was content to assign not only magical knowledge to Medea, but also infanticide. The extreme nature of Medea's crimes in Euripides' play may be one way to associate magic with the other, the alien. Magic was not something good Greek women were to meddle with, but something done by barbarians and foreigners, or goddesses. In his play Trachiniae. Sophocles, another classical Greek playwright, features another woman who uses magic against her wandering husband, with tragic consequences. Deonara, wife of the legendary hero Heracles, wants to stop her husband from chasing after other women, so she uses what she believes to be a love charm. Of course, her name should be our first clue. Deonara means killer of men. When Heracles brings home another woman to be his new bride, Deianira serves him the love potion, which turns out to be a powerful poison. In both plays, men betray the women they've sworn to love, and in both plays these women, rather than submit to this betrayal, attempt to use magic in the form of pharmakeia to take control of the situation. It is striking that magic, even in the form of curses, was so often associated with women's powerlessness in love in ancient Greece. The characterization of magic, especially when wielded by women, as something destructive, chaotic, and essentially un-Greek, seems to be a reaction not to the increasing rejection of magic in Greek culture, but its increasing use. The classical period is, after all, when cursed tablets first begin to appear with some frequency in the archeological record. By the Hellenistic period, just a few centuries later, women's association with ritual magic, including the making of cursed tablets, would become even more common, though, according to Greek authors, just as dangerous. Theocritus, a poet from the third century BCE, features in one of his poems the story of a love spell performed by a woman named Simaitha and her servant. Abandoned by her lover Delphis. Simaitha curses him with a fire spell, burning bay leaves and melting a wax effigy at a crossroads, all while invoking the goddess of the moon, Artemis, and the goddess of magic, Hecate, who announces her presence through the barking of dogs, her sacred animal. Simaitha asks that... As this puppet melts for me before Hecate, so melt with love, even so speedily, Delphis of Mindus. As she completes her spell, Simaitha warns, Tonight these my fire-filters shall lay a spell upon him. But if so be they make not an end of my trouble, then, so help me fate, he shall be found knocking at the gate of death. For I tell thee, good mistress, I have in my press medicines evil enough. Just a few months ago, in February of 2020, an archaeological dig in Athens uncovered some 30 curse tablets. In the late 4th century BCE, the Hellenistic ruler of Athens forbade the practice of burying curse tablets in tombs. Presented with this obstacle, enterprising Athenians threw the tablets down a nearby well instead, this time dedicating the tablets not to Hecate, but to the Naiad the water nymph who protected the well. When the law became an obstacle, magic found a way. One of the remarkable things about the practice of magic is the belief that it can give power to the powerless. The examples of feminine magic in classical Greek literature, Hecate, Circe, and Medea, all involve attempts by women to take power. Hecate and Circe are accused of poisoning their father and their husband in order to take control of their kingdoms. Medea poisons her husband's new mistress and kills her own children in an attempt to control her fate. Far from being punished by the gods, the sun god Helios sends Medea a divine chariot to help her make her escape. In a society as hierarchical and patriarchal as classical Athens, Those on the margins of power, like women, might easily be tempted to use magic in order to shift the balance, to take control of their lives or their men when they came to a crossroads. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review Enchanted on Apple Podcasts and help spread the word. You can subscribe to Enchanted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Original music this week is by Purple Planet. You can find them at purple-planet.com. You can get in touch with us via email at enchantedpodcasts at gmail.com, on Facebook and Instagram at Enchanted Podcast, or on Twitter at EnchantedPod. To learn more about the show, ask a question, or to become a supporter and help keep the magic going, please visit EnchantedPodcast.net. I'm Dr. Corinne Wieben. Thank you for listening and stay enchanted.